This is Radar Money Quarterback coming at you, as always, every week of the 2023 season. Now we're in the year 2024. This is the NFL wildcard round recap week. Because again, there are 18 weeks in the NFL season, so this is week, this is episode number 19. Okay? Because 18 weeks equal 18 episodes, and now we're in the wildcard round. And because the NFL decides to have more football teams... In the playoffs, that means there are more games than there used to be and less teams on a bye week. Those aren't familiar with money money quarterback term. That is where you overanalyze the game on a Monday when there wasn't any Monday night football, Thursday night football, or Saturday afternoon game or Saturday night games so that you can oversaturate your content on radio shows and television shows and in newspaper columns about all the things you thought you could have done. SI took that and ran with that as well with Peter King. So this is like a very common football term. And remember... Please rate, review, and subscribe. I need to get to 100 subscribers total on my account so that I can get minimal ads. On the Radar is the YouTube channel where you get movie reviews and baseball observations weekly. And, of course, the main place is Radar442 on Blogger, On the Radar Entertainment Blog on Facebook, and the website On the Radar Media, as well as all the socials that are basically at Radar4428. So... Let's start this. I said the Texans were going to win against the Browns because I was tossing up. Like, Joe Flacco had this amazing record of not losing in the playoffs, uh, you know, being like having an amazing winning record in, in the playoffs based on that Super Bowl run and being the quarterback of the Ravens because the Ravens are usually a good team. Cleveland this year has got there with 11 wins, same record as Houston, based on the strength of how good their defense was. And in spite of losing Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, at the running game, and Amari Cooper at wide receiver, David Njoku with tight end. They're like, they got skilled players, and they got this amazing, amazing, amazing defense. And and they're like, they've been holding opponents to very little points. But on the other end, if inexperienced, so it's Stefanski's made the playoffs before, just not many times as a head coach. He's made as a coordinator, obviously. But then you got the other side, D'Amico Ryan's, Ryan, rookie head coach. He made a lot as defensive coordinator of the 49ers, but he's a rookie head coach. With a rookie quarterback and a lot of unknown players on this team that have not been there and done that before, especially their uh, receiving core and their and their tight end and their running back, for the most part, like it's the skill players and some of the key guys on defense. Like so they, and I was like, okay, see, Stroud's been great this year when been healthy, and that's how good the Texans have been with all those great games. But what I did not see happening was they're putting up 45 points. See, Stroud threw three touchdown passes. Okay. Devin Singletary even had one of the a rushing touchdown, okay? But what I didn't see is that the Houston Texans defense did this. They picked off Joe Flacco two times. And I'm just saying two times. They're like, wow, they picked him off two times. Nope. They picked off both of his intercepts. They picked him off twice, and both the times they intercepted him, they would pick sixes. They returned for touchdowns. That's really, really, really impressive. It really is. Like, I'm just like, how... How more dominant can you be in a game? And again, Kareem Hunt, I told you he'd be valuable, and they like, they weren't trying to bring him back this year. He had a one-yard rushing touchdown, and he caught an 11-yard touchdown pass. So for the most part, it was just this, the Texans, it was all Houston. They literally was like, we're going to throw three touchdown passes. We're going to have a rushing touchdown. We're going to take two touchdowns back. And again, I was wrong about the Houston-Texas this year. I thought then... And Indianapolis, because they're rebuilding with new quarterbacks, they wouldn't be playoff team. The Colts had a pretty good season, in spite of Anthony Richardson missing a lot of it. And I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars would run away with this division, but of course, no one saw the Texans uh, 
peaking at this point as rookies and stuff. Because again, they outpassed them, they outrushed them, more, more total yards, more average per play, more, uh, you know, it's just like they were just so much better than them, and that was the story of that game. Other game was, the next game was Chiefs and Dolphins, okay? And they were going to be really cold, like, really cold, like, you can't believe the temperatures that have been around this country right now, especially in the cold places. So in this game, Miami Dolphins, who play in Miami, and they're also very good in the passing game. That doesn't really help when it's cold. Passing games are not something that happens a lot in the cold weather cities. Like It's not where they, it succeeds. It's about like running the ball and controlling time of possession and having good defense a lot of the time. Miami is a high-scoring offense. They score, They throw a lot of touchdowns. Like Raheem Mostert is a red zone machine. Devonta Shane is a good running back, but for the most part, this game was in 4 degrees Fahrenheit with a wind chill of negative 20 degrees, making the fourth coldest game in NFL league history. The NFL history. Okay? Like, so there was no chance that Tua is going to be really, really good in this game. He had one touchdown and one interception, right? And Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes started off nicely with a one touchdown to Rasheed Wright. But literally, it was, well, we're just going to kick, kick, and field goals, and Harrison Butker is going to have, like, most of the points of the game. And Isaiah Pacheco just capped it off in the end. It was just like Miami should have won the division. They should have definitely... You know, hosted a playoff game instead of playing on the road. But, of course, Tyreek Hill got the touchdown pass for Miami. But they did it to himself. But Butker, again, he counted for 14 of the 26 points. Like, come on, man. Incredible. But, again, it's Miami's fault. They should have definitely won the division. They should have had a home game instead of being on the road. And that's what happened when you, like, should be. You, you played better most of the season than Buffalo. And that's just, you know, what it was. That you could not play in this cold weather. Kansas City has played in this cold weather, so they won that. The Bills, I knew the Bills would beat the Lions. The Steelers, excuse me. But again, that game was postponed because of obviously the, the extreme coldness, but also the snow that kept piling up and they had people shoveling overnight. It was like they were hiring people to shovel the snow, man, because of the whole lake, whole lake effect and everything. And... It said 18 inches of snow, man. Like, uh, and they were told not to arrive too early for the playoff game. And there's like videos of uh, Steelers fans pushing through snow to get to their seats because they paid all this money and they came out there. So that's a lot of snow, 18 inches. That's like a good amount. So, and again, the Steelers are a cold weather city, so it's not like this game scared them. But again, I didn't think the Steelers would make the playoffs this year. I thought that them and Cleveland would be two of the best teams to be like at the bottom of the division because between Joe Burrow and the Bengals and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, the top of that division was stacked, and the Steelers probably would finish with a winning record because there is there's 17 games they can't obviously go nine and eight or eight and nine or whatever it is 
or, you know, what it is, is I mean, eight and eight, you know, or whatever it is. Now they have to, obviously, these teams have to play 18 games, so it's not like, okay, cool. You know, nine and nine would be 500, but they, you know, no longer being nine and eight or eight and eight. So they obviously won 10 games by having a really, really good defense. Obviously, T.J. Watt didn't play, so that didn't help. They have a good defense. They've got a two-monster running back tandem. They have talented receivers in Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth in tight end. But the problem is, Kenny Pickett doesn't seem to really be the answer to take it to the next level. It would be one thing if he was on a team with, like, like he was on the 49ers or the Rams, where he has a head coach who really, really understands offense and can call a huge game for him and, and help him and help him with the game plan. Like, that sort of thing. Because he didn't look like the answer this year. He was hurt. And all Chicago Bears fans know is Mitchell Trubisky is not the answer at the starting quarterback. So they turned to Mason Rudolph, who won him a few games and got him into the playoffs. So, of course, ride the hot hand. And he threw two touchdown passes. But guess what? It didn't matter. Buffalo went up 14-0, and, and they did not look back. They did not. It was a one-man wrecking crew with Josh Allen passing for over 200 yards and three touchdown passes, okay? He also had a rushing touchdown. Like, Deontay Johnson has recently caught touchdown passes, but where's that been his whole career here, right? So that's incredible there, because obviously Josh Allen also had 74 yards rushing. Dalton Concade and Dawson Knox, both tight ends, had touchdowns. Now... This game probably would probably would even be worse if Tyler Bass actually made two field goals, but the Steelers blocked one, so that's impressive. But yeah, that's what it comes down to. Is the Steelers played above their head this year on the third string quarterback, on the strength of their defense and run game, and Mike Tomlin just being one of the best coaches in football. And there's rumors obviously they're like, he's got one year left. Is he gonna come back? I don't think the Steelers are a franchise that's known for that situation. Like they you know, they don't really, like, fire head coaches. They rarely fire coordinators. The fact that they fired Canada at, in the beginning of this, in the middle of the season, like, they got to figure out offense. If they can get an offensive coordinator, maybe, you know, Pickett will look better because, again, I just mentioned, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, I think, are really talented wide receivers. Pat Feynman's a very good tight end. And Najee Harris and Jalen Warren at running back, Seems to be an effective duo, not like one starting guy, but a committee. And the Steelers are only known, always known for good defense. Now, obviously, things like offensive line play have to be fixed. But again, you get the right offensive coach, you get the right, you know, you get you sign or draft the right guys, and maybe you can keep picking. But for, they they definitely need a quarterback. They probably would have had a better season and maybe won the division or or won in the playoffs if they had the right quarterback. So I got that one right. Cowboys over Packers. This is where we're getting to where I was wrong. I was like the Cowboys at the end of the season played better than the Eagles and they won the division. So they got to host the playoff game. Number one. Number two is Dak Prescott. There were MVP talk this year because he cut down on the interceptions and the turnovers and was playing out of his mind because he's always had a good offensive line. Tony Pollard in this game had a touchdown. That's surprising. Dak Prescott threw three touchdown passes and threw for over 40 yards because this was a high exploding game. This was 32 Points for the Cowboys. Packers had 48. So offense wasn't a problem in this game, especially when both quarterbacks threw three touchdown passes. And for Prescott, he threw over 400 yards. The issue was their defense just couldn't stop the Packers. Yeah, the Packers' offense was just too good. They could not stop it. Aaron Jones, the last couple of weeks, has looked super healthy. And he had 118 yards and three rushing touchdowns. 
Okay, so for the most part, for the most part of what is going on is that they just didn't, they just, they couldn't keep up apparently because Green Bay went up seven nothing and they went up twenty seven to seven. At that point, you're like, are they gonna come back? That's probably why Dak Prescott got all those huge chunk yards. Then the Green Bay Packers didn't stop there. They put up fourteen points in the third quarter, and literally all that they could put up in that quarter was. A field goal and one touchdown, okay? And at that point, by the time they started scoring in the second in the second half, getting most of their points, it was too late by then at that point. The Cowboys were, were down by way too much, and it did not matter that Jake Ferguson caught two touchdown passes at the end. Like, I don't know what it is. Is Mike McCarthy just not good in big time games? When he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is a different quarterback than Mike McCarthy. Is is he not the right answer? Because again, fan, Cowboy fans were for years were saying, fire Jason Garrett, fire Jason Garrett. But he kept taking them to the playoffs and having winning records. But also, that's because the Cowboys lo- are very good at beating up on bad teams. Not very so much of beating good teams and doing anything in the playoffs. But again, no one thought the Packers would do anything. I personally thought they'd be a last place team because... It's not like, okay, we got tape on Justin Fields. We got tape on Kenny Pickett. Or we have the potential on, wow, in college, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. We're good in college. Like, with this rookie quarterbacks, we're good in college. We got tape from college, and then we got the guy. No one knew about Jordan Love because he wasn't that amazing in college. There were reports in, in, in like, every, the last couple of years in, in like, practice and in the offseason. Like, man, this dude doesn't look ready. It's going to take him a while. Well, for the most part, this entire year... Well, the struggle for him, but then he jumped on the scene from not having bad games or having games where he throws both three touchdowns and three interceptions. Like, that's the thing that he showed that. But also, Matt LaFleur is showing that without Aaron Rodgers, he still knows offense. He's still a good offensive head coach. Okay? And he knows what he's doing. Again, Dak Prescott throwing interceptions. He's lucky that they didn't come back to haunt him except for one of them. One of them. You know, in that Flacco game where both his interceptions are returned, this one, only one of them came back to haunt him as it was returned for 64 yards. So just, you could say that, man, Dak Prescott played his butt off throwing three touchdown passes over 400 yards. But yeah, because your defense puts you in a bad hole, and you also put yourself in a bad hole by throwing one interception, and then with two interceptions, one return for the touchdown. So, again, I don't know. I don't think the Packers are going to maybe win in the next round. But they at least, Jordan Love has shown the second half of this season, and Matt LaFleur has shown that it's going to continue. From Bart Starr to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to now, Jordan Love, that the Packers are going to be a better team. And may they even be with a division next year if they figure other aspects on their team out, like their defense. they got young skill players that are running back and tight end. So they don't even have to pay those guys, and those guys are just getting better. Aaron Jones, if he's healthy, that's another good sign for them. But Dallas, the question will be, is Mike McCarthy the answer? Or will he continue to stick around like Jason Garrett did and they fire him and maybe promote Dan Quinn from within? Or will Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, somebody. I don't think I don't think that Frank Wright is going to want to head coach this team because it's a lot way more stressed than Carolina and Indianapolis. Plus, he's getting paid. Uh, I don't think Ron Rivera, they want a defensive guy. If they're going to do that, they Dan Quinn. I don't think they're going to go with Arthur Smith. But it would be interesting to see 
if Jerry Jones decides to pull the trigger and fire Mike McCarthy. Because obviously Kellen Moore, who left the organization to be an offensive coordinator with the Chargers, I think they said he was going to interview for the head coaching job. Let's just say the Chargers don't get Jim Harbaugh or and they don't get someone else, you know. What if they just promote Kellen Moore from within, right? And they focus solely on offense. That's Cowboys letting a former quarterback and coach of theirs slip through the cracks. I don't know if they really want to do that either. Let that happen. Now the Lions over the Rams. I knew the Lions were going to win. I just was like the Rams. Sean McVay did coach of the year stuff this year to like literally get his team to have a winning record of 10-8. and eight. And obviously Seattle went down. And I knew at this Seattle and Rams would fight for the middle of the division. And I don't know if any one of them will make the wild card. And well, it's rotten. The, the Rams made the wild card. Because again, there's an extra wild card. Because I was thinking to myself like, okay, between... The Eagles and the Cowboys, who's going to win the division? And the other one's going to win the wild card. Then I was like, well, the Lions are going to win the division, and it's either going to be the Vikings, and the Vikings could be a wild card. But again, Packers took that one. So I was like, yep. And in the Saints division, it's so bad, really bad, that it, it, and one team is going to make the playoffs only. Now then, like Matthew Stafford, I got to give him credit. He threw two touchdown passes. But man, the Lions went up 14-3 to to start the game. Then they were up 21-17 at halftime. So they were already up. So at that point, when they went up 21-17 at halftime, it was just a matter of the Lions' defense, which is one of their weaknesses. They're not many this year. That they just held on. And Stafford did his best, I said, with two touchdown passes. Okay, like, But with the Lions having both running backs get rushing touchdowns and Jared Goff throwing a touchdown pass, it just... I think as there were rumors that Laporta was not going to play in this game, but it made a difference that Laporta definitely played in this game. But again, it proved that if Matthew Stafford's healthy, because again, Brett Maher, playoff uh, playoff nightmare with the Cowboys and regular season nightmares of missing field goals, he had 11 points for them. Like, that's pretty good. But yeah, so it just would approve the Sean McVay if he gets a healthy Matthew Stafford, and a, a, a semi-reasonable offensive line, a running back, like he likes Karen Williams, the Cam Akers thing did not work out, and now he has not just Cooper Cup, but he has Atwell, and he has Nuka, Nakua, and he's even got Demarcus Robinson, the reject from Kansas City, like he's got skilled players. It's just a matter of the offensive line going to be healthy and keep Matthew Stafford healthy. That, that was the real question. And Aaron Donald, he may not be in his prime prime, but he's still hard to stop when he's coming at your quarterback. So I can at least say this. Sean McVay, you did a really good job this year in coaching the Rams to having a winning record and being a wild card team, and you lost by one point. Like, that's not bad. Say the Lions, they won the first playoff game in so long. Like, congratulations to them. And again... They may not be the same team next year if the offensive coordinator gets a head coaching gig because of the, the work he's done with Jared Goff the last couple of seasons. Like again, Amar St. Brown is a beast, man. And they drafting Jameer Gibbs and signing Dave Montgomery is unfair because then both these running backs just go wreak havoc on you and them drafting Sam Laporte. Like the GM delivers a lot of credit for taking Jameer Gibbs even though they paid Dave Montgomery all this money. Drafting Sam Laporte to replace Hawkinson, essentially. Like... And, and and realizing, you know what, we'll take Jarek off in a trade, even though, like, Matthew Stafford is supposedly better, and it kind of worked out for both teams. Not saying the Lions win the Super Bowl, but again, Rams won the Super Bowl, and the Lions have been relevant. Now, the last game, 
was the Buccaneers versus the Eagles. And I'm going to say this. You know what? All season long, I was like, you know, the Buccaneers start off really well. Then, um, then when they, you know, then they went on like a losing streak and it would look like the Saints were coming up. And at the end of the season, well, they finished with like the same record, but the Buccaneers had the tiebreaker apparently. And the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, as I said, this year he played really out of his mind. There weren't many quarterback openings and Tampa Bay was with Tom Brady retiring. And they already still had the pieces of Rashad White, a running back, the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin wide receiver duo, and veterans on offensive line, veterans on defense, and Todd Bowles being a great defensive coach, you know. So, like, there were pieces on the team that, you know, Baker Mayfield ain't Tom Brady because, again, it's not as accurate, but still, I will give Baker Mayfield his roses. He took his team to the playoffs as a division winner, and they got to have a home game, and they... They beat the Eagles. Who I'm going to say this about the Eagles. Yes, it's a very disappointing season. When you went to the Super Bowl last year, they gave you one of the toughest NFL schedules, and a lot of people were talking about how they were mentally tired because it wasn't that they had a bunch of cupcakes on the schedule. Literally, like every week, they're playing a playoff team, and it was like and it was like it was like a playoff atmosphere, like every game, every game against the Cowboys, like a playoff atmosphere. That's two games there. So like. The NFL gave them a tough schedule, and they did their best. And guess what? They got 11 wins. In spite of a tough schedule where every game felt like a playoff game, and they battled through injuries of missing Goddard for a bunch of time, missing key defensive players, you know, Jalen Hurts battling some injuries. They, like, they weathered the storm, and they won 11 games. But they blew the huge division lead, and they blew the huge conference lead as well. So it's on them, but again. They went through so much, and a lot of veteran teams were like, just let me get to the playoffs, and that will be fine. But it, they didn't wake up, man. They did not. Like, there was no, they were nowhere to be found. Nothing. Baker Mayfield threw over 300 yards and had three touchdown passes. Dallas Goddard got a touchdown pass from them, but of course, they missed a two-point conversion. And then, guess what? Buccaneers forced a safety, so they even gave another gave two more gave two points away. So again, I am not going to be down on the Eagles for them going to Super Bowl last year, being tired from playing the whole entire season, losing both their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. That they have a defensive coordinator, but they gave Matt Patricia the play calling situation, and look what happened. They gave about 32 points. Okay, it doesn't matter who's calling the defense. Okay, the offense has not looked that great. You know, Swift in for. You know, Miles Sanders has looked good for most of the season. You know, they still have a two-headed monster of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, but guess what? A.J. Brown did not play. So they still got that going forward next year. They still got Dallas Goddard at tight end. So they still have the pieces on this team. The question, though, on defense is, like, is Brandon Graham going to be there? Is Devontae Maddox, Terry Slade, Josh Sweat, Bradley Roby, James Bradbury, Jalen Carter's going to be there for a while. Is Fletcher Cox going to be there? Hassan Reddick, they have all these... Veteran guys on defense, and of course, Jason Kelsey announces retirement, so there goes a Hall of Fame center, and no one knows how long Lance Johnson's going to play, so their offensive line is going to get worse, their defense is going to get worse, like, the question will be, does Howie Roseman, the GM, who's made a lot of good moves in the last five or six years, and the ownership group think, is Nick Sirianni the coach, or is that because... Because, again, his success was it because he had a good defensive coordinator and a good offensive coordinator and it just looks like crap without them? Or is it, oh, we had a lot of injuries? And that's what it's going to come down to. Because if I were 
the Eagles, I would look into the idea of Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh, someone, because I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's Nick Sirianni and maybe it's not. Because again, we go back to the post game, the press conference when he first got hired, didn't seem like he was ready. Again, don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts actually is. But for Jalen Hurts' future, I think you need to get a coach that even if his offensive coordinator leaves him, because again, Kyle Shanahan, he's had coordinators lead him. Bill Belichick has coordinators lead him. Andy Reid has had coordinators leave him. And does Bill Belichick, like, you know, recently hasn't been good, but for the most part, he still continues to go with it. Andy Reid still continues to go with it, no matter if he was in Philly or in Kansas City. Sean McVay, as coordinators, anybody who he breathes on, got hired to be coaches or coordinators. So it's like, look at Kyle Shanahan. He lost. Mike McDaniel, who's the Dolphins coach, and DeMarco Ryan, D'Amico Ryan, he's the head coach of the, of the Texans. So, again, he lost his both his coordinators back-to-back seasons, and they're still doing things. So, the, it's going to come down to it. But, again, I don't know if Tampa Bay and the Green Bay Packers are going to win the next round. But give them all the credit for winning one playoff game, and I got that wrong. I should be happy as a New York Giants fan that the Dallas Cowboys and the, New England, and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles will not be in the Super Bowl. But the Chicagoan in me cannot wait till the Packers lose and the Lions lose so that that would obviously mean that the Buccaneers would have to go to the the, uh, conference game against the 49ers and I would totally be fine with that. I really would be. AFC-wise, man, I'm going to say this. Texans never won it. If they got a Super Bowl, that would be cool. The Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, it's, now they're coming the Tom, Tom Brady Patriots. I don't need to see that. Again, the Bills go to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't have a problem with that. They haven't won that before. Okay? And obviously the Ravens, they've won it before. But again, only two games wrong out of six is not bad. That's a that's like one-third, you know, like one-third of the games wrong. But again, thanks for listening to Raiders Monday Morning Quarterback, episode 19, wild card round of the NFL where there were six games. Thanks for listening. As always, Google, Apple, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to Red Money Quarterback. I'm ready to see you guys next time.